Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Well, you guys all good today? (laughs) Uh, uh, I think we're going to have some fun. Um, I... I heard, I heard, I asked the Lord this morning, um, what do you want to do today? And uh, I heard him say, I want, to, I, want my, I want my people to be celebrated. And so we're going to do, we're going to do something. I'm, just, I'm facilitating what I hear the Lord saying. It's going to be a little bit funny, but let's go with it, okay? Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, so... Sometimes I'll kind of like listen to see, is there any, anybody the Lord's highlighting that wants, you know, for a prophetic word or something like that. And um, this morning I felt like um, the couple people I highlighted, he actually wants to celebrate. So we're going to do a little something a little bit different. Uh, here's how I envision this. We're not going to give him the preacher's honor clap. We're, 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 we're going to, I see all of heaven standing on the edge of their seat, championing a people, right? All of heaven is standing on the edge of their seat, championing you, right? Is that what it says? The great cloud of witnesses are are just like celebrating and championing us on. I see us joining with all of heaven in championing a person on. So in light of even what Andy was sharing, it's like if your favorite team got a touchdown, and you were like, I mean, how excited are you when, when they score, right? When they score that final one and win the game, I mean, how much are you, how excited are you? I'm a basketball guy, so when Stephen Curry, like, makes the final three to, like, you know, seal the, seal the, the game and does his little night-night, if you know. Anyway, uh, like, like I'm, I'm stoked. So here's what I see us doing. I see us championing some people this morning like heaven, Okay. So if you're the person we're going to champion, it's going to feel a little awkward because we like the spotlight until we have it, <laughs> right? We, we, we like to be the topic of conversation until the light's on us. So go with it. I feel like there's something on it. I feel like there's something that the Lord's doing on it too, okay? So first person we want to celebrate this morning. Again, and here's the thing. This is going to go in a little bit of line with this performance spirit thing that we've been talking about. We're not celebrating them for what they did. Thanks, John, I will. <laughs> like, we're not celebrating people for what they did. We're celebrating them for who they are. Because every single person, this is what I heard the Lord say, I want my people to be celebrated. I want them to be seen. I want them to be known. I want them to be valued. Not because of what they did or their accomplishments or anything like that, but simply because they are a person. Uh, uh, they are a believer. They are a child of God. They are all the things that every one of us are, and it's what he thinks about us. Amen? All right. So we're going to celebrate Howard today. Howard. You got to go with me. Come on. Woo! Come on. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
come on. Well done. Well done. Well done, family. Well done, family. Man, that was great. You guys like, you guys just went for it. Yeah, so we bless what the Lord's doing there, Howard. We bless. There, there's a reason he highlighted you. There's a reason he wanted to see you celebrated. And so we just bless whatever that is inside of you. Uh, next person is um, Mary Beth. Come on. Come on. Bless you, Mary Beth. I know you probably hated it, but we, <laughs> we love you. Uh, one more person. Uh, Jimmy? Yep. We're going to celebrate you, baby. Come on. Go, 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 come on. Come on. Imagine if we just celebrated people because we love them and we believe in them. If that was us as a family, that was our normal. Day to day, no matter where we go, in any place and walk of life, we celebrate and believe in people more than they believe in themselves. Not because of what they've done, but simply because of who they are. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. <clears throat> um, you know who's really good at that? Brent Brownlee. He's really good, right? I now know <laughs> I now know I can't say any name from the stage. <laughs> All right, we're there. That was great. Hey, thanks for doing that. It felt like the Lord was doing something, um, and uh, we got to join in with him. Amen? Amen. So 
we've been talking about um, re revisiting our foundations. We've been talking about these different uh, 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 pieces of, of things of who we are in our history from whether it was the ABC days or any of the other so, uh, so quote-unquote rooms or buildings that we've been in or no building, depending on what season we were here in. <laughs> um, just revisiting these different pieces of our foundation of who we are and our identity as Bethel Atlanta. And uh, I felt like going after a couple today, uh, I kind of had a few, like, I really wanted to talk about like kind of like our, the, like our main thing that Bethel Atlanta does is we raise leaders to re, uh, reign in life and restore cities. Like that's the main thing that Bethel Atlanta is called to do. There's elements of that that are going to be building because we, we aren't doing some of those things or we're not doing them to the degree we could, right? And so there, I, there was a piece of me wanted to touch on it all and kind of hit just high points, but I kind of felt even after the, through this morning of like, nah, I feel like I'm supposed to dive into uh, one a little bit more specific. And so um, if you don't know, that is Bethel Atlanta's mission that we raise leaders to reign in life and restore cities, that we view every one of you in the room as leader. Did it, you don't have to have a title. Jesus never had a title. He wasn't on staff anywhere. <laughs> you're a leader. You're a leader in your home. You're a leader in leading yourself. You're a leader in leading uh, in influencing whatever place of influence that you find yourself in, whatever table you're sitting at, whatever room you walk in, whatever place of work you have. Like that's a place where you have been given permission to influence and to lead. And so when we say we raise leaders, we're raising the leaders, uh, uh, everyone in the room. It's not just leaders to be on a team or on a staff or, or leaders to go change the world in some uh, ministry or anything. That's not just, the, it's not denoted to just that. It, it's actually all-inclusive. Amen? Um, and, and, and if you've been around here long enough, you've heard Steve hallmark this phrase of reigning in life. Have you heard it? Like, we've been called to reign in life. And I, I want to unpack a little bit of that today. But one of the reasons we've been called to reign in life is so that we could restore cities. Because there's a call on us, an, an apostolic sending call, to see culture changed. Yes. Like, you heard it all through our music this morning that we're crying out for God to touch our city. Yeah. We want to see a city look like heaven. Yeah. You've got a call on your life to make the area of your influence look like the kingdom. Because when you show up, the kingdom of heaven is at hand because the kingdom of heaven is within you, as it says in Luke 17. So when you show up, the kingdom of heaven is there. You don't need a ministry. You don't need a, 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 you don't need a title. You don't need anything you think you need before you can do something for God is, uh, is a lie. Because you can do something with what's in your hand because what's inside of you is the kingdom of heaven. And it's ready to show up wherever you show up. So restoring cities to look like heaven is, is another major call on this house, a piece of what we're called to. Uh, but today I want to really kind of focus on reigning in life. What does it mean to reign in life? What is reigning in life? What is the call on the house as we've been championing this? I don't know for how long. I haven't been here long. It's, it's been as long as I've been here, but I think Steve's probably, do you know when? He, I'm putting him on the spot. <laughs> Since the beginning. Since the beginning, reigning in life, reign in life. And it comes from a couple of different places. First, I'll, I'll share, um, like I've heard Steve reference the Passion Translation of, uh, of Proverbs 1, where it says, here are kingdom revelations. It's talking about Proverbs. This is the introduction of Proverbs. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, 
and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. This is the introduction to Proverbs. So if you want any keys or tips on how I reign in life, it's in Proverbs. <laughs> Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, words of wisdom to give to, uh, given to empower you to reign in life. Um, I, I want to dive into this a little bit. There's, there's other verses that Romans 5.17 also says, for it is by the... Tr- no, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Romans 5.17, For it is by the transgression of one that death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. I want to, I feel like mining this a little bit because this is a call on our house and a desire that we want everybody in this room and anybody uh, else that's not present or people that we touch, that we want to experience a life of reigning with Christ. Amen? And if that's the case, it would be great to unpack it a little bit. Like, what's that look like for me? What does it look like for me to reign in life? What is it, is it going to look like what someone else is, how someone else is reigning in life? One of the things that Blake uh, really brought up a few weeks back or a handful of weeks back was this performance spirit stone that was in our foundation that's rattling up and, and, being, and getting ready to be conquered. Because even Lauren was sharing about it last week of like we're going after this performance spirit thing. Because it's not just in our foundation because of Bethel Atlanta, but because of who we are as a society and American culture and what success looks like to us. So I feel like because of that, our, our lenses are a little bit tainted when we look at what reign in life is because we can easily look at reigning in life looks like succeeding by the standards of society. And we wouldn't say that. We wouldn't put words to that. But we would probably think um, if I'm doing well in life financially or if I'm doing well in, my, in business or if I'm doing well with my family, well, then I'm reigning in life. You see how we can get there? So it's an easy transition. It's easy for us to transition uh, 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 that line of thinking and come to that conclusion when we hear the term reigning in life. Even it just said it in Romans 5.17 about the abundance of life, right? And there's an element of that that's true. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God says, I have come to give you life and life abundantly. So there's an element of that is, yeah, there is some element of like what success looks like that is kingdom. But I think if we, didn't, if we uh, um, relegate success, reigning in life to what success in, this, in the world standards is, then we're missing what it means to reign in life. So when we read it out of 517, it says, For the, by, by the transgression of one, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who, and that was Adam, right? Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, the next Adam, second Adam, Jesus Christ. When we, when we read this verse and start unpacking it, you guys good with me? We just kind of went right in, huh? Like, when we unpack this verse a little bit, we learn that reigning is very, is, has much more of a kingdom language. I'm sorry, a kingly language. Reigning like this is, is, is actually more attributed to governing. Or ruling. So when we say reigning in life, we're saying ruling in life. Are you governing your life? 
Are you reigning in your life? Are you ruling over it? Are you ruling over the kingdom that you've been given influence to rule over? Wow. What's the kingdom that you've been given? I've been given this one. <laughs> right here. Right? Danny Silk say on a good, says on a, on, a, on a good day I can control me. I, ain't got, I don't have the capacity to control anybody else. Because barely on a good day I can lead me. So... We're, we're talking about a little bit more around are you governing and ruling over your life? Are you leading yourself? Before you can lead others, you have to lead yourself. If you lead others without leading yourself, you're leading by talent and charisma and anointing, and you'll collapse in the end because it's not sustainable. So the question is, is if when we start unpacking reigning in life, are we, are we governing over our life? Are we ruling over our life? It's a, like I said, it's associated with kingly behavior. Uh, it actually translates sovereign power. R- to reign in life is to have sovereign power in life. Are you the one influencing your life or is the world influencing your life? Are you allowing the king, Jesus, the one who who died and set you free from the bondage of sin where you didn't have a choice and now has given you freedom where you do have a choice to choose. Am I going to let sin continue to rule over my life or the world? Or will I let the king of kings rule over my life? Will I govern my life that way? Or will I succumb to society's influence? This is our challenge, right? Got one person. Anybody else? Is it just me? Maybe it's just me that, 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 uh, that, that deals with this. But um, when, when we start unpacking the, the, it's, it's reigning, it's sovereign power, it's ruling, it's how am I governing my life, and it's very much kingly language. And I think from step one, like step one in like growing in this is probably recognizing that you're the king of your own life. It, not in the sense of like you're taking any place of Jesus, but you are the leader of your life. And, and you're, you're, you are royalty. 1 Peter 2.9 says that it, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. So in and of it, in it, in and of it at its very birth or its conception is that it's based in identity that I know that I am actually kingly because I am a son of a king. We are royalty. That if that's the case, then we have power. Oh, sovereign power. Oh, I have power to lead my life. Did it come from me? No, it came from Jesus. Left up to my own, uh, 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 my own stuff. I make messes really quick and easy. It's not hard. <laughs> like, it, is, it does not take a lot of, lot of uh, uh, time for me to get into a mess when I'm left up to my own uh, uh, ideas or thoughts, especially pre-Christ, because we were absolutely succumbed to sin. We were absolutely succumbed to a bondage that we had no choice to do anything different. And so here we are. We now have this choice to, to rule and reign in life, but the very conception of it, it comes from an ident- a base of identity that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, that we are a people of royalty, and that we have the power to reign in our own life and allow the King Jesus 
the life of Jesus to reign in my life. Amen? Is it too deep? Is it, are we thinking? Is, it, is that what's happening? John, thanks. I need that sometimes. <laughs> We're taking notes. It's right. When we look at the product of, of someone reigning in life, Jesus is our model. Jesus is the model of what it looks like to reign in life. When we're thinking and looking and comparing and measuring up something somewhere of how I'm doing with parenting or with my kids or how I'm doing with, with, uh, with, with my job or is it in business or in life, it's whatever success is, our measuring stick is Jesus. The Apostle Paul in Thessalonians says, they who compare themselves with themselves are without understanding. They who compare themselves with themselves are without understanding. Let me rephrase it in a different way. They don't get it. (laughs) When you measure yourself with someone else, you don't get it. You're missing it. Because of who you are in your identity as a son, as a believer... There is no way in no shape or no form can you be compared with anybody on the face of the planet. Because there's no one like you. There's no one like you in your own uniqueness, your own individuality, your own calling, your own giftings, your own expression, your own facet of glory that you've been called to release, of the glory of God. Your own facet that you have to release. No one on the face of the planet or ever has been in existence can compare with that. This is why he says they who compare themselves with themselves are without understanding. They don't get it because it's impossible to. And yet we do. Jesus is the model. When we start talking about reigning in life and what what we typically would think of as reigning in life and what it's supposed to look like, we'll often, like I described earlier, be comparing it with today's standards. But if we look at the life of Jesus according to today's standards, we'd say he failed. He didn't have a job. He didn't have a family. He didn't have a house. He didn't have kids. He didn't have a career. He didn't go to college. He didn't make any money. He didn't have a car, or maybe then it was livestock. Maybe you looked good if you had a lot of livestock or something. I don't know. But you see, when we start comparing it to today's standards, if we're going to say, am I succeeding in life? Am I reigning in life? Am I succeeding? Those are all the things we look at. And Jesus didn't have any of them. (laughs) In fact, the three years that we know the most about, he talked enough that it got him killed. We would definitely not be thinking, he did it. He nailed it. (laughs) So we've got to ask ourselves, what measure of success are we using when we think of, are we reigning in life? Are we succeeding? Are we ruling over our life? Are we ruling over our life to see it come to the place that God wants us to come to be? Like all those things. we got to be honest with ourselves. And this is what Blake was mentioning. is we, We have to actually be honest with ourselves about how much our own society, our own past experience is influencing my perception, and where I'm coming to the conclusion of what success looks like or what it looks like for me to reign. 
We have to be honest with ourselves because if we're honest with ourselves, we're realizing, oh, I definitely think the more money I make, the better I am. If I'm being honest with myself, the, the, the better job I have, the better my kids do in school, or the better these, all these markers, which isn't inherently wrong, nor is, it, nor is it not inherently spiritual. But you have to be honest with yourself of what the Lord is saying for you and what it looks like for you to reign and rule in your life with him because it's going to look different, can't compare with anybody else, than anybody else around you. It's your journey. It's your life. This is, Jesus is the marker of what it looks like to reign in life. He is the measuring stick. And it doesn't look like anything what we would typically think. Why? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Because he lived a life of surrender. He lived a life of humility. He's well-known as the most influential leader of mankind. He didn't have a title. He didn't have a church. He wasn't a CEO. He, wasn't, he, he didn't have everything we think of when we think of leaders. Everyone in the room is a leader because you've been given a place of influence. But he was the leader of all leaders. He exhibited a life of the fruit of the Spirit. That love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control just oozed out of him every second without even trying. Hmm. He lived a transformed life. He lived a life with a renewed mind. He thought and did and said and walked like his father. Right? I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear him saying. If you've seen me, you've seen the father, he says. He exhibited the characteristics and life of the Father, the Creator. This is why he's the measuring stick. This is why he's the one reigning in life. Why? Because he's ruling and governing his life and not allowing the society and the world around him to dictate what he should or shouldn't do. Hey, here's some money. What should we do with this? Because we know what we're supposed to do with it. What did he say? Well, look at its inscription. Render unto God what is God's, and render unto man what is man's. He brought a higher revelation and a higher truth. He wasn't influenced or swayed by the culture, the standards of the day. The kingdom flowed through him. He had sonship with the Father. Like I said, he looked like the Father. He lived an obedient life. He was not led by the world. He was led by the obedience of the Father. He's the measuring stick. Proverbs 12, 24 in the Passion Translation. I love love Passion sometimes because it it says things sometimes just maybe how they should be said. If you want to reign in life, don't sit on your hands. Instead, work hard at doing what's right. (laughs) If you want to reign in life, don't sit on your hands. Instead, work hard at doing what's right. Why would it say it like that? Do you know how hard it is to to live the life we just described? (laughs) 
a life of obedience, a life of surrender, a life where the world's not going to influence me, where a life where I'm exhibiting the love, joy, peace, patience, all the fruit of the Spirit is just coming out of me, not because I'm thinking I need to be patient right now, but because it actually just oozes because it's who I am. It's identity. Do you know how hard it is to get there? Any school ministry student will tell you, man, this is rough. <laughs> I had no idea. I, had, I didn't have my stuff together like I thought I had it together. Why? Because it becomes an internal thing, not an external thing. Most people go into a ministry school are like, how do I get equipped to go do the ministry to, to, to change the world? Well, first you start with you <laughs> and start unpacking, will you reign in your life or are you going to let society reign it for you? Because if we don't do the hard work of the inside, then when I go to do the ministry or to restore the cities like we really want to, when we go there, that outside world will be the ones that's leading and reigning over you, will be what's influencing you. Because I haven't learned how to reign my own life. I haven't learned how to govern my own life to rule over my own life, co-laboring with Jesus for what he died for me to have because this is what he died for me to have. What's the life of Christ? The renewed mind, the mindset, uh, the, mi- a mind, the mind of Christ, the renewed mind, to be Christ-like, to live the obedient life, to, to walk in identity, to walk in wholeness, to walk in the transformed life, to be set free. Our hallmark ver- uh, uh, cha- chapter, verses, whatever, for Bethel Atlanta is uh, Isaiah 61. That we bring good news to the afflicted, we, send, we bind up the brokenhearted, we proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, the favorable year of the Lord, to comfort those who mourn, granting them a garland instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning. Like there, it has at its heartbeat this internal, I become set free, I become whole, I walk in my identity of who I am as a son. I walk in the life that Jesus died for me to have, the fullness of Christ. Now, what I'm describing is like, man, this is lifelong journey. We're not doing this in a school ministry year one, two, or three. We're not doing this because we've been in the culture for 20 years. We're doing this because it's the life of Christ that's being formed in us, Paul says. And that takes, that it will be our whole life. It's what we're going to do our whole life. And, and this is why it says in, in that, I love it, in that passion translation, if you want to reign in life, don't sit on your hands. Start doing the hard work of what's right. What's right? That, that Jesus gets his full reward. That's what's right. How is he going to do that? Well, as soon as I start going to work here, start, as soon as I start governing my own life, ruling over my own life, reigning over my own life, leading myself, before I ever get to leading others or, or wanting to do the stuff, which we're called to do this stuff, but I tell you what, if I know how to rule and reign my own life, doing this stuff is the fruit and the byproduct. It's not an event I do every weekend. It's actually what happens because I showed up. Oh, restoring cities is a whole lot easier when it just comes out of you because I showed up rather than it being a project I have to figure out how to do. Mm, I might tag into that performance thing again. I had this realization the other day. Jesus didn't... <laughs> question why I should say it. Uh, <laughs> G- Jesus didn't teach people or tell people to pray for the sick. He just did it. 
He wasn't doing classes on how to pray for people and how to go into the streets. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that can't be the object, that can't be the where we live. It actually just needs to be a part of who we are. That we have met the healer, and because I've encountered the healer, the byproduct is, oh, he heals. And now the kingdom of heaven at hand, it's in me, shows up around me. It's where we get the saying, you can't give away what you don't have, right? Your victories become other people's victories. Not just corporately or in, this, in the heavens, but also because you show up in authority with land that you fought for. Wow. And can actually extend that to somebody else that they get breakthrough because you fought for something. Where would you fight for it? Here. When I started reigning over my own life. When I started ruling as a king over my life rather than a pauper. That says, the world happens to me instead of as a king that says, no, actually, I happen to my kingdom. I happen to the world around me. That's an identity. It's identity basis peace. Like, it's, that shift has to happen as the beginning, like, conception. I have to realize I'm kingly before I can act as a king. And if I don't know that, I'm going to hear a task of something I have to do and perform to. And it will be out of our own efforts. And there will be no power in it. And I actually need power to do this. I need power from heaven. The kingdom of heaven does not consist in words, but in power. They actually need the power of heaven, the grace of God to empower me. As it said in uh, Romans 5.17, the grace of God to empower me to walk in righteousness. He's the only reason we can do it. He's the only reason I can rule and reign over my life. Why? Because Jesus, the king, died for me to have the ability. And he calls me a son, which means I'm of royalty too. Because we have a call on our house to restore our city. We have a call on our house to, to, to touch the spheres of influence that the enemy reigns in. That when we show up as those who reign, we displace that authority. And we release the kingdom that's within us because we did the hard work of becoming. But it takes a lot. It takes, I think I talked about this a few weeks ago, it takes discipline, determination. It takes discipline, determination. It takes, uh, 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 it takes me leading, right? It takes us taking responsibility for, for our own lives of where we're at and being honest with ourselves when we're not where we think we should be. And being honest that I'm not there and I want to be there, but I'm here. So, Lord, I'm going to invite you in. Lead me here. It also takes a lot of trust in the Lord that success in your life is going to look like you having an obedient life. It won't look like you look, looking like what you think of as success when you look around you. I have to often remind myself I'm in my lane. Because <laughs> when I look over the course of my, my adult life and I think of these moments where I 
made choices to follow the Lord that cost me financially. It cost me uh, in, you know, providing for, for my, my family the way I think I should, whether that's like health insurance or, you know, uh, uh, good schools or, 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 you know, good snacks, whatever it is, right? That, <laughs> you know, whatever that measurement is, when I look back and I think, oh, it cost us this, but I was obedient to the Lord. I have to remind myself that that's my lane. My lane is to be obedient to the Lord with what he's calling me to and putting in front of me and reigning over my life, governing it in such a way that, it, that I'm surrendered to that. So this, we start unpacking this, we start diving into this, it's going to trigger the performance spirit that's, that is just obvious and prevalent of, oh, I'm supposed to be that though. I'm supposed to be here as a believer. I've been a believer long enough. This is where I should be. Not necessarily. <laughs> I've been in business long enough. This is what I should be. Or I've been climbing the corporate ladder long enough. This is where I should be. Whatever, fill in the blank with your own life and your own example. Whatever it is, I have to, we have to like curb ourselves and remind ourselves that actually if I'm, if I'm living the obedient life and living a life that's sacrificed to him and saying yes to him, then I'm reigning. Then I'm succeeding. Because the definition of success as we look at the life of Jesus is a surrendered life. One who follows after Jesus, follows after the word of the Lord on their life, and has surrendered themselves to him. Whatever that outcome may look like, that is the pinnacle of success. And for some, they'll be in different places financially, and for others, they'll be in other places financially. And that can't be our measurement. That is a standard of the world that will cause us to perform, to be something, to get something. And it's not the life Jesus died for us to have. And it's also not a life that allows him to show up to where the kingdom can actually be released, which is the purpose that you would restore cities. Because everyone I just started reading about in Isaiah 61 ends up going back and being sent and rebuilding and raising the former devastations and restoring ruined cities because they were restored. This is our journey. So when we say we're people who reign in life at Bethel Atlanta, the charge for us is to ask ourselves, how am I governing my life? Father, come in, lead me, guide me, direct me, speak to me through intimacy. Speak to me about how I can reign differently that would actually reflect the life of Jesus. Correct me, convict me, give me grace to change, and then us to do the hard work of becoming it, of I'm going to say yes to that, I'm going to make that adjustment because I heard him say it. And it's going to look different. It doesn't look good on paper. But it's what I heard the Lord say. Would you guys stand? Put your hands out like you're getting something. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your your grace and your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. We thank you for your charge. We thank you for your, Lord, I thank you for the reminder of what, of even the adjustment of what I personally think reigning in life looked like. Lord, that, there, that, that even personally adjusting it, Lord, I thank you for shining light on, oh, this is actually an aspect of the society that I live in, culture that I live in. It's not necessarily the culture of the kingdom. 
Lord, give us grace to live a surrendered life. A life that's laid down for you. A life that's obedient to your words. I just release even in the room the ability to hear the voice of the Father on a whole different level. That we can hear your voice and we can run and obey it to model a life of obedience that you died for us to have, Lord. That you would get your full reward and that the, the kingdoms around us, as it says in Revelation, the kingdoms around us would become the kingdom of, of God. That the world around us would start looking like heaven because heaven in me is showing up. Lord, I thank you. I bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.